Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to the Money with Clay podcast. Have a nice episode here. I think it's nice because I think it's pretty funny, but in a good type of way and in a way that hopefully just gives you another frame of reference on how it doesn't need to be the way it seems it needs to be. And my goal is for that statement to make sense as we uh, progress here. But I want to take a look at two different articles and then kind of contrast them because one shows, like I said, what it just seems to be, what it just, yeah, that's totally normal, that's what you do, that's just how it is. And in many situations, people don't even think twice about it, people don't consider alternatives, because yeah, that just seems like that's how it's supposed to be. But really it's not, and we have, I'm gonna direct our attention to somebody that I think is super motivating and that has me fired up about the whole idea here. But let's just first kind of kick things off. And you know that is in regards to auto loans, car, truck, you know, SUV, whatever you wanna call it. Any sort of vehicle, you go and you get a loan on it, which I cannot stand. And just to let you know that I practice what I preach, I've never had a, a, a auto loan in my life. I've always uh, saved up and paid cash for every vehicle um, that I, I own. And I don't say that in a, look at me, look at me. I just say it in a, I don't wanna come across as me sitting here and oh, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I have like three cars and they all have loans attached to them. No, there, there's nothing like that going on here. And I've just never had a loan, you know, to begin with in the first place. So the overall kind of reason I would say I have against this is because I am not against loans per se, uh, because a, a loan is really just borrowing money, and you can borrow money in certain circumstances that you know can, can help you get ahead. That can you know be useful. So the probably the most common I don't know actually it's probably a toss up between vehicle loans and then like a like a mortgage for a house. Right, I want to buy a house, I need a loan, and but there's definitely a big difference there because. I mean, well, well, we'll get there. But with a home, and the reason why I don't have any problem with that is because a home, or more, you know, uh, in particular, the dirt, right? Because that's what real estate is all about is. It's not necessarily the home, but the location of that home, or in other words, the dirt that it's located on. That's what real estate is all about, finding good pieces of dirt. And then, yeah, of course, you want to build something nice on top of that dirt, but location, location, location. That's what real estate is all about. And with real estate, I can't remember who said the quote, but it's a great quote, buy land because they're not making any more of it, right? So just buy dirt, right? Real estate. In other words, because they're not making any more dirt, um, I guess unless the oceans recede or something like that, then that's gonna be an appreciating asset, meaning that value is going to rise over time. Now, it, it could fluctuate and it might go down, there's no, but over time, that is gonna go up. I mean, if you think about it in a very, very just, uh, you know, economical sense, supply and demand, with health technology, everybody lives longer, right? So everybody's starting to live longer and longer and longer. So the world continues to have more and more and more people, right? Well, if you have more and more people, yet you have the same amount of dirt out there, the same amount of land, well, what's that gonna do? That's gonna make that land that much more valuable, right? More and more and more and more people yet the same amount of land. Well, that's why land, that's why real estate over time is gonna appreciate, is gonna go up in value. So attaching something such as a loan, you know, borrowing money to you know, get involved with something that over time is gonna rise in value, okay, 
that's actually an investment in many senses. It's you're putting your money in you know, something that will go up over time. And yeah, you have to pay interest on it, hence the loan part. Uh, so it's not like you get into it free of charge or anything like that, but you get the idea. You are putting a loan into something, towards something that is going up in value. Same with education. I am not anti-college. I am against anti-stupid majors that people put take on loans for. If you want to go learn about, you know, the history of Swedish woodcutting, that's fine. If you're paying for that in cash, that's fine. Go for it. I would still encourage you to just learn about that as a side hobby, but you know what, if it's cash, fine. But if you are taking on debt to go learn about the history of Swedish woodcutting, that's that's not really a good use of debt because that is not gonna be a skill set, at least from the data that I, I, I have seen, where there is no job market, there is no expanding job market, there is no need for anything within that degree. So for you to take on debt, to go to, to gain knowledge, but that knowledge doesn't really have any sort of really value, that's much different than going and saying, you know, I'm, I'm gonna borrow some money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a loan and go get a nursing degree. Or I'm gonna go get some sort of degree where when you do this research, you're like, okay, wow, not only is there a job market for it right now, but you look at five years and 10 years out and the, the, the job market's actually forecasted to expand and grow. Okay, well, in that situation, you're attaching a loan, you're attaching borrowed money into you know knowledge, and that knowledge is for something that's got an expanding job market, or in other words, it's gonna appreciate over time. That value, that skill, is gonna be able to give you and get you a lot of money to begin with. And it's gonna give you plenty of opportunity. So I bring all that up because the exact opposite is true for vehicles. Totally the exact opposite. You are literally taking a loan you are borrowing money to put into something that in every, I mean, any research out there is gonna tell you, though I, was, I stumbled because really the only difference in the research is how fast this actually happens. There's no argument that it happens, it's just really you see differences of, well, okay, well, how fast does it happen? But what is what happens? It depreciates, meaning that vehicle is going to go down in value over time. It is becoming worth less and less and less as time goes by. Remember the other two, a piece of dirt is gonna go up. It's gonna be worth more and more and more over time. If you get the right you know, uh, you know, know, knowledge set, skill set, in, in that regard to borrowing money, okay, that's gonna go up, that's gonna go up. The demand's gonna stay there. But a vehicle goes the exact opposite direction. It decreases. So to take a loan, on something that drops and drops and drops. That, 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 is, that is how wealth is not created. You do not create wealth by borrowing money on something that literally goes down in value. I mean, hopefully when I structure it and say it like that, it sounds really silly. Wait a second. So if I go and, I mean, think about it, even from a cash perspective, wait a second, I'm gonna go and buy let's just say the wooden block. I love to use this example. I'm gonna go and buy that wooden block and I'm gonna use cash, but that wooden block is gonna go down over time. It's gonna lose value. I mean, sure, you may still consider it because it's cash uh, and, and you can't afford it, right? Because you literally have the cash, so therefore you can't afford it. Uh, but, but it at least throws in a, huh, do I really wanna buy that if it's gonna be going down in value over time? 
I mean, and then all of a sudden, but that's with cash. I mean, think about it. Do I really want to take a loan and pay a percentage on that loan? Do I want to borrow money for that wooden block that I know is going to go down? Now, of course, how fast it goes down, well, that's kind of, but it's going down. That would be insane, right? Yet, it, it seems as though everybody just does it, right? It's just, well, yeah, you got to go and get a vehicle loan. No, you don't. Now, I, let me, I'll be preemptive right here. Well, Clay, a car loan is an investment because it will get you to your job and your job will give you a paycheck and therefore it's an investment because it's a means of transportation. And you're right, but here's the difference. There are no homes out there that you could buy for 2,500 bucks, for let's 5,000 bucks, for 1,000 bucks. There are no, at least I'm aware of, unless you get a scholarship, there are no colleges out there where you could go and get a worthwhile skill, such as like I said, nursing, for $5,000, for $2,500, for $1,000. That doesn't exist. In the vehicle market, oh yeah, there are, there are vehicles out there for $1,000, $2,500, $5,000. And you know what? They may be ugly, but they'll get you to your job that pays you those paychecks. And you, anybody can save up those amounts of money. If you sit here and say, I don't know, I can't save up 2,500 bucks, then you've lost at life before you even begin. If you can't give yourself enough credit to be able to save up $2,500, if you don't think you can figure out in life how to save up $2,500, if you don't think you can sacrifice enough as far as, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't get that, that, and that, then, like I said, you've lost before you even begun. Now, if I'm sitting here saying, and you gotta save up $250,000 to buy that home, at that point, I mean, I would still encourage you to take on the mentality of, okay, how can I make that happen? But still, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll admit in that situation, all right, man, I'm probably being a little bit unreasonable, save up $250,000 cash, but $2,500, $5,000, you can't save that up? Give me a break. Like I said, you've lost that life. If you look at $2,500 and start making excuses, no, no, I can't do that. Yes, you can. I assure you, you can. Yeah, I'm not saying it's gonna be necessarily pleasant, I'm not saying it's gonna be necessarily the easiest of things, but come on, you can do it. You can put together a game plan. I mean, I have an entire course that could put together a game plan for you. Well, and here's the, oh great, here we go. Here comes a sales pitch. There you go. There's another reason why you're not gonna get ahead in life. Because you look at it as, you know what? Why would I go and spend money on that? Even though spending money on that could give me a plan, could give me a process to get to where I wanna be. So I'm not, Whereas somebody that's gonna win at life is gonna say, okay, well, what's the investment amount? So in other words, my slab money method is $129. So a winner is gonna say, all right, well, that that's, that's $129 investment. That's $129 investment into the knowledge to gain a strategy that works, that's proven to work, a process that's proven to work. So do I think that investing $129 to get that knowledge, that process, is gonna reap me more than $129? That's how a winner thinks. Well, Clay, what's the proof it works? What's It comes with a one year, one year money back guarantee, okay? People that don't believe in something, don't put one year money back guarantees on it, okay? So just, it works, and it's worked for me, it's paid off all my debt, and it, it's a system that works. Once again, I'm not claiming, oh, it's gonna be rainbows and butterflies, but it is totally doable, and it's definitely doable if the goal is to save up $10,000, $5,000, $7,500, $2,500, give me a break, that's a joke. So this all comes full circle, yeah. 
you can you can try to make the argument well that a vehicle is an investment uh, because it's you know it's getting you to a job and that job is paying you money so because you can get to the job it it's a good investment and you're right but you know what you don't need a brand new car you don't need to go lease a car and have a monthly car payment all the time well leases is the way to go no it doesn't if you break down a lease trust me the car companies they have entire departments designed to make sure that they're getting the better end of the deal, okay? You are not getting, it's not a better deal for you. They know exactly what they're doing. They hire all sorts of people with those fancy math degrees to figure out the math and to figure out how to make, to get them the better end of the deal. And then they have an entirely different department called the marketing department, the sales department, that is designed to make you think you're getting the better, better end of the deal. So do you understand how business works? There are multiple departments in the business. The one that figures out how to make it in their favor, and then the other department that makes it seem like you're getting the better end of the deal, okay? So just leasing, don't even bring it up, and just research it, okay? I, or, I mean, I have an entire section in my course about how leasing works, how the math works, and it just doesn't make any sense. There is no reason you should not have a payment per month on something that is going down in value, okay? That's the bottom line. And once again, well, the lease is different because no, it's not. I'm telling you, they have it all figured out. The math is there. They know how to structure it all in there. And I go over that structure within the course, or you can just go research it on your, whatever. It, it, it's up to you. The point being, that's not a valid argument. There is no valid argument that a vehicle is a worthwhile investment. The only way I could see that to an extent is, well, hey, I have a business and I'll think about my brother-in-laws who, who uh, in here in Michigan, they, they, they plow snow uh, during the winter. So they got to put a, a plow on their truck. Well, of course you need a truck. But even in that situation, do they really need to go buy a brand new truck? And I'm not saying that this is what they've done, but just from that perspective, no, they don't. You don't need to go and buy a brand new truck to plow snow. Now, I, I'm, you're probably going to want something better than a $250 truck or it's going to be breaking down all the time. But the point is, Trying to use the, well, it's an investment because it gets me to my job or it, it makes my business better. Yeah, to an extent, to an extent. But you really don't need something that is brand spanking new. It just doesn't make any sense going back to why would you have a monthly payment? Why would you have a loan attached to something that literally is going down in value? Just, it doesn't make any sense especially in the vehicle market. Now, I get it in some markets. Again, thinking about my brother-in-law, he, he does excavating and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, there may be a loan required for a big old backhoe that costs a whole lot more than you know a, a, a car. But honestly, I don't know. Maybe there are $5,000 backhoes and bulldozers out there available. I'm pretty sure that's not the case though. Uh, but the point being, you know what? There's always a little gray area here. But as far as the vehicle market is concerned, no. There, there's anybody can save up amount of money to pay for a vehicle in cash, and that's a beautiful thing. Because you know what, you pay for it in cash, and it's still a buzzkill. It's still kind of stupid that you know, even though I bought this thing for cash, it's still going to go down in value. So even from that point of view, it's still kind of annoying. But at least it's cash, and you're not literally paying interest on something that's going down in value. So that was the kind of my long way of this first article here, uh, and this is from uh, June 6th, so a couple weeks ago. Auto loans hit record, pushing average monthly payments to all-time highs. So the country continues to get broker and broker, and this is why. This is one reason why, I mean, it's just, 
you don't, none of, the, none of this is necessary for that whole reason we just went through. So picking up with the article, people buying a new vehicle are borrowing more and paying more each month for their auto loan. Experian, which tracks millions of auto loans each month, said the average amount borrowed to buy a new vehicle hit a record, oh my goodness, 32,187 in the first quarter. The average used vehicle loan also hit a record. $20,000 for a used vehicle? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'll give those people a little more credit. At least they're just getting a used car. But $20,000, I'm sorry, you don't need a $20,000 car as a air quotes investment to get to your job, okay? That's not needed. Not needed at all. We have not seen a slowdown in loan demand. In fact, volume for new and used loans is up from previous years, says Melinda Zambriski, a senior director of automotive financial solutions for Experian. With sales of new vehicles moderately or uh, moderating slightly after the four best years the inter industry has ever seen in the US, dealers and auto executives are watching whether consumers will be more resistant to the steady increase in new car prices. This is not happening. In fact, the average amount borrowed topped $32,000 for the first time ever. So, I mean, you read about wage growth and you read about the economy booming and, and all that sort of stuff, yet people just, they're taking that money and all they're doing is just up, they're, they're, just, they're just buying more vehicle. It's not like they're saving anything like, hey, I made some more money, let's just go spend it all. That, that's exactly what's going on right here with those stats reflect. You know, there's no coincidence that you, you know, the unemployment rate is super, super low. People are making money. And then all of a sudden, these things start to go up. So people make more money. That just means they borrow more money. That's the exact opposite of how you build wealth. All right. And given this is the Money with Clay podcast, we're here to actually build wealth. That's not how you do it. Just because you get more money doesn't mean you spend more money. I'm not, I'm not being a Debbie. You know, I'm not, you can't, no, go ahead. Have some fun. Spend some money. But you want to save some money too and going and just getting more of a loan. Think about that, more of a loan on something that goes down in value over time. The exact opposite of how you would wanna build wealth. As a result, the average monthly payment for a new vehicle continue to climb to a new high of $554 and to a record 391 for used vehicles, according to Experian. Wow, $554. Imagine, imagine you not having a car payment at all. Now, okay, it's a used car, so you might have to take it in the shop a, a, a tad bit more often. So instead of 554, let's say you set 150 bucks aside just for one of those reports are needed. So 150 bucks you just put aside every month because you know that there's gonna be some sort of maintenance needed. So that still leaves you with $400. What could you do with an extra $400 in your pocket every single month? Again, it's actually 554, but you know, we'll plan ahead for those maintenance things. So put $150 aside, that still leaves you with $400. I mean, would $400 make any difference in your life? If you all of a sudden, every month, boom, extra $400 in my pocket, boom, next month, extra $400 in my pocket, next month, you get the, boom, $400 more in my pocket. Now, sure, maybe your car's got a, a couple of rusty patches on it. Sure, maybe your car's a little older, but again, is, is, Having the newest and greatest and being able to drive around in a, a car that has zero rust on it, zero blemishes, I mean, is your ego really that big where you'd rather have that rather than an extra $400 in your wallet, in your purse? I'm sorry, that's an ego problem right there. If you're like, nope, I, I definitely want the no blemish thing. Really? You're choosing no blemishes, ego, 
over an extra $400 in your wallet? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Same with the used car thing. Yeah, 391. Let's set 150 bucks aside. Let's just call it 200 bucks because it's used. So 200 bucks every single month you set aside. That's still $191 extra in your purse or wallet every single month. Would that make any difference? $191. That, that's a good chunk of change. I, I mean, you can make $191 go relatively far. And that's every single month, just poof, just like that, extra. Well, no, I, I want the no blemishes. All right, well, then that is an ego thing, and you're never gonna build wealth if you have an ego like that. And um, for the people that are irritated with that, they've just turned it off. So if you're still here, good. We must be in agreement. So while new car sales and loans are still strong, people with the best credit scores are increasingly buying a used model instead of new. Experience says 61.8% of those with a prime credit rating and 44.7% of those with a super prime credit rating took out loans to buy a used vehicle in the first quarter. Those are the highest percentages Experian has ever recorded for prime and super prime used vehicle borrowing. It's a trend Zimbriski has seen increasing in recent years. Consumers seem to be taking advantage of options to reduce payments, specifically leasing, she said. And then the article ends there. Reduce payments. How about this? How about we just reduce payments down to zero? Why can't that be a goal? Why can't you say, you know what? I, I do want to reduce payments because I'll give those people credit. They're looking to reduce payments. But you know what? You can literally reduce it down to zero. Sure, you might have to save up some money for something in cash. Sure, there may be some blemishes and some rust. And sure, it may be an older model. Sure, people may be like, oh, look, here comes a little grandma. Oh, no, that's some 20-year-old. You know what the, one of the, more, the most motivating things for me is? Is when I see a beat-up car, uh, and an older car, an older model car, and then you look inside, and there's somebody younger in there. I always say, awesome, there's a wealth builder right there. A, a, a big old sign of wealth you can see from a lot of people's cars. Look at their age, and then look at their car. Now, I realize this is not a universal principle. But in most cases, some young person driving around in some brand new car, yep, they're going the exact opposite direction in their wealth building. Whereas you look at somebody that's like, yeah, all right, older car for sure, rust, young kid, good for you, good for you. That's the name of the game. That's how you do it. That is how you do it. And check this article out. So now we go into uh, from CNBC, and this article was from June 10th, so very recent. Why NBA star Kawhi Leonard still drove a 20-year-old car after signing a $94 million contract. NBA superstar Kawhi Leonard will be, all right, that paragraph's actually out of date because that game already happened, but basically Kawhi Leonard is in the NBA, the National Basketball Association, um, and they were in the NBA championship, but that's all over and he, uh, his team ended up winning. So I'll pick up the article here. And though the 27-year-old Leonard signed a five-year, $94 million deal in 2015, made a salary of over $23 million this past season, and is on the verge of free agency, well, he'll certainly demand a new contract that dwarfs his last, think back to last week's episode, about sales and him selling his time. Yeah, he's on the free agency market, meaning he can go out there and start to do interviews again. You think he's gonna be putting some sales skills to work? Absolutely, he'll be looking to make more than $23 million a year, even though it's crazy. But hey, man, if you can sell your time for more than $23 million a year, good for you, go for it. Leonard has managed to remain one of the world's most down-to-earth star athletes. For instance, in 2016, during a season 
in which Leonard earned $16 million playing for the San Antonio Spurs, the NBA All-Star was still driving the same beat-up SUV he had since high school. Leonard told Sports Illustrated in March 2016 that he still often drove a rehabbed, quote in air quotes, 1997 Chevy Tahoe, which he nicknamed the Gas Guzzler, and that he first started driving as a teenager living in the Inland Empire region of Southern California. It runs, and I love this, I love this, brings it to my eye, and it's paid off. Man, that's good stuff. It runs and it's paid off. And that's what you need right there. Well, I need a $20,000 car to get to work. No, it doesn't. Does the thing run? Yeah. Oh, and it's paid off? Well, guess what? You just, you're just you just a penny saved is a penny earned. You saw the numbers. All that money is extra in your pocket every single month. Great quote. It runs and it's paid off. The famously resident uh, Leonard told Sports Illustrated when asked to explain why a millionaire professional athlete would hang on to a nearly 20-year-old SUV. A four-door 1997 Chevy Tahoe with no added options is only worth as much as roughly 1390 according to auto information site Edmunds. However, used car website Car Gurus has also also has the 1997 Chevy Tahoe SUVs listed for a price up to nearly $15,000. So regardless, this thing is worth much less. CNBC uh, Make It reached out to a Toronto Raptors spokesperson to ask if Leonard bought the Tahoe uh, with him to Canada when the Raptors acquired him in a blockbuster trade with San Antonio last July, but the team did not immediately respond. In another show of frugality, Sports, Sports Illustrated also reported that the NBA star had done a celebrity endorsement for the chicken chain or, or chicken wing uh, chain Wingstop. While the sponsorship deal paid Leonard an undisclosed amount of money, the article notes that he also <laughs> received coupons for free wings from the restaurant chain. Leonard reportedly, in air quotes here, panicked when he lost those coupons, according to Sports Illustrated, at which point Wingstop sent the wealthy NBA player a fresh tech of, of coupons for free food. I love it. Those stories don't seem to come as a surprise to others in the NBA who know how practical Leonard can be and also how uninterested he seems to be in some of the trappings of stardom. He doesn't give a darn about the stardom, San Antonio head coach Greg Popovich told Sports Illustrated in 2016. He loves the game. He ignores the rest of it. Of course, that doesn't mean Leonard refuses to spend any money. Even though he fixed up his 97 Tahoe to drive regularly, Leonard also reportedly owns a Porsche that he sometimes drives as well. So that's the whole idea here is I'm not here. This person is not here saying that you can never go out and have any fun. But you know, how are you getting to that point where you're actually having some fun? Good for him that he drives a Porsche, but the, the mentality here is absolutely fantastic that he still is driving around. It's paid off and it runs. And again, there's nothing wrong with a new vehicle. I'm not anti-new vehicle, but can we all agree that uh, you know this person, Kawhi, has done a great job in building some wealth for himself? I mean, a five-year, $94 million deal, making $23 million a year, and back when he had the car, he was making, what did it say, $17 million a year? Hey, he's, he's, he can afford to do that stuff if he wants to, but, but you don't need to. It, it, it doesn't need to be that way, and I get it. Society, the marketing, it's it just, that's just how it be. Oh, yeah, you need an auto? Yep. Get a loan. They always leave out the fact, though, that that loan is attached to something that goes down in value. So just keep that in mind. And I realize things like this, they, they, they can rub people the wrong way because 
Um, and listen, I, I don't think you're an idiot. I don't think you're stupid. I would still gladly be your friend if you decided to, you know, if you're if you have a loan. But I, I would really encourage you to get that thing paid off as fast as possible, because you do not need, you do not want a loan, borrowed money attached to something that is going down in value. So just remember that, that that's at the core of what's going on. And the, the reason why I would never call somebody stupid or, or, or judge them is because those marketing people, they're really, really good at their job. And everywhere you look, it's just almost common knowledge. It's almost common, and I say knowledge in air quotes because the, the knowledgeable thing to do, it seems, as, as far as society is, oh yeah, I gotta go buy a car, okay, I gotta get my pre-approval letter from the bank, or I gotta get financing because, I mean, I need a car, I need to get a loan to, uh, attached to it. It's weird for me to say, and they suggest, well, why don't you just pay cash for it? When that is the weird thing to say, that just really shows you how, how good these companies are at twisting and marketing and making people think a certain way. So I mean, from a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, well done, car companies, well done, loan industry. I mean, you you have society thinking that's just supposed to be the, the normal way of going about it, but it, it's not. It, it, it seems that way, yes, but it does not need to be that way. So it, hopefully, even if I can just convince one people with this podcast, I'll consider it a victory. But yeah, really, or maybe if you're just about to go out there, can, can your current car last a little bit while longer while you save up cash to, to you know get a, a, a you know, then, then go and, you know, maybe quote unquote upgrade a little bit. Like I said, there's an entire strategy. There's an entire section on how to go about all this in uh, the slab money method, which I offer at my site, $129. Remember, it's an investment. It's an investment to gain knowledge uh, of a process that works. And like I said, it does work because there's a reason why I attached that one year of money back guaranteed to it. But get out there, reconsider, Maybe your whole thought process, your whole approach to this vehicle industry thing. And yeah, start building wealth because this whole vehicle stuff and the loans is the exact opposite way of building wealth. And we want to be building wealth. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.